It's Monday, August 8th. I'm Pam Jones. The family of Anton Black has reached a $5 million settlement in his police custody death lawsuit that continues. A child playing with a loaded gun led to the tragic death of a 15-year-old in Baltimore. City school officials plan to spend $25 million on a tutoring program to help offset summer and remote learning loss. Maryland's COVID positivity rate still hovers over 12 percent, and a report from Annie E. Casey Foundation takes a deep national dive into the mental health of young people. It's the Daily Dose from WYPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. A $5 million settlement has been awarded to the family of Anton Black. The 19-year-old man died in police custody in Caroline County in 2018. According to the American Civil Liberties Union, the settlement, part of a federal lawsuit, requires three municipalities on the eastern shore to enact systematic changes within their police department to prevent another death like Black's. Black died at a hospital shortly after an altercation with three white officers. The family's lawsuit continues against Maryland's former chief medical examiner, who's accused of conspiring to cover up the circumstances of his death. Baltimore police say a nine-year-old boy cannot be charged in the accidental shooting death of a 15-year-old girl this weekend. Police continue to investigate the incident in southwest Baltimore Saturday night. Police say witnesses told them the boy was playing with the loaded gun when it went off and struck 15-year-old Nakia Strouder in the head. She died later at a hospital. Anne Arundel County police have identified a suspect in connection with racist graffiti spray painted on a church. Officials say 66-year-old Donald Hood was taken into custody and charged in connection with two incidents at the Kingdom Celebration Center. The latest incident at the church occurred last week in an area where food is distributed to the needy. Police say church officials installed a security camera following the first incident in July. State health officials in Maryland are reporting another 1,552 new cases of COVID-19. There was only a slight drop in the positivity rate, but that number is still exceeding 12 percent, and 600 people are hospitalized. With just weeks to go before the start of the new school year, Baltimore City Public Schools is announcing plans to expand its tutoring program. Baltimore is set to spend $25 million to expand tutoring programs by adding more schools and students to the initiative. Officials say as many as 5,000 students are expected to participate in tutoring services when classes begin for the fall term. The Baltimore-based Annie E. Casey Foundation released its annual Kids Court Data Book today. It's a national perspective on the mental health of youth ages 3 to 17. Benjamin Orr is head of the Maryland Center on Economic Policy, a nonprofit, nonpartisan think tank. He shared some of the report's findings, which focus on metrics in four areas today, with WIPR's on-the-record host, Sheila Cast. The idea is that uh, it's organized in a way that can help inform policymakers about what Maryland families and children are experiencing. So 
The first domain is economic well-being. You know, parents who are struggling to maintain steady employment and cover the cost of housing, for example, are not the only ones who carry the stress of living in poverty. Their children experience it too, uh, in ways that can harm their harm their development. And and being unable to access food or health care or childcare can influence a child's brain development and readiness to learn, as well as behavioral and mental health, emotional well-being. Uh, so that sector looks at indicators like poverty rate or housing security or unemployment. The second uh, domain is uh, around education. And certainly here in Maryland, we believe that every child deserves a great education. And that starts from the earliest years. So a lack of access to early childhood education can undermine a child's social and emotional development. And so this sector focus, section focuses on factors like school enrollment, reading and math proficiency, and the graduation rate. The third section uh, focuses on health. Uh, children's physical and mental health is deeply influenced by other elements of well-being and also affects their ability to succeed in school and to pursue other opportunities. So we focus on health indicators like birth weight or socioeconomic barriers to good health, like access to health insurance. And for the first time, there's also data on youth mental health. Uh, and then finally, there's a section on family and the community. Uh, living in simply living in a high poverty neighborhood can contribute to stress and and therefore fuel worries about safety. And so this section looks at the number of children facing additional barriers due to the conditions of their neighborhood or the maybe the past challenges that their parents have faced. Uh, whether it's the you know simply looking at the number of children that live in high poverty neighborhoods or the teen birth rate or single parent households, those sorts of things. This is the first time the Kids Count Data book has focused solely on the mental health of youth, or says the pandemic has a lot to do with that. I think there's been more emphasis on uh, children's mental health as we all realize the impact that that uh, social isolation, because we're, we we were all uh, trying to protect ourselves from the from the coronavirus, uh, was having an impact. Uh, it was doing the health uh, uh, thing that we needed it to do, but it was also having this mental health uh, impact. And so uh, I think that was part of why uh, the foundation decided that, to focus on this and also um, just having the data more readily available in, in certain ways. The data from the report also drills down and looks at Maryland, which Orr says could be doing much better in some areas considering the wealth in our state. In some ways, Maryland is is doing pretty well, and in others, uh, we're following behind. I think that we've taken some major st positive steps in the last few years, like passing paid family and medical leave earlier this year. Uh, but state policymakers uh, still have to continue to focus on policies that set every child up for success. So, uh, you know, when we look at the numbers overall, Maryland ranks 19th in overall child well-being. So we're sort of middle of the pack uh, across the 50 states, uh, despite the fact that we're one of the wealthiest states in the country, uh, and certainly on a on a uh, median in, uh, or a per person basis. Uh, we rank fourth nationally in terms of the number of children living in households with income below the poverty line, which is good. Uh, we're, we're one of the best states uh, in terms of the, the number or percentage of children living in poverty. But that still means that 153,000 kids live below the poverty line. Um, about a quarter of children uh, live with parents who lack secure employment. Um, that puts us 10th nationally, um, which is 
not uh, at the top, but certainly, you know, the top 20% of, of states in the union. Um, housing is a different story, however. Uh, we know, I'm sure your listeners know, we're, a, we're an expensive place to live for a lot of different reasons. And so almost a third of children in Maryland, 31%, live in households with high housing, housing cost burdens. And we fall down to 39th nationally, um, much closer to the bottom uh, in terms of housing costs. Um, you know, when, when you think about healthcare, we're we're fourth nationally in terms of children who uh, lack health insurance. So there's still three percent of children in the state lack health insurance, uh, uh, and it would be nice to close that gap. Um, but we're we're doing better than a lot of the rest of the country, uh, and. Um, we still have significant concentrations of poverty. Uh, about 42,000 kids in Maryland live in high poverty areas. Uh, and while that's better than many states, we rank eighth. Uh, that's still uh, far too many kids who, who are surrounded by um, high poverty in their neighborhood and, and all the negative health and mental health outcomes that come from that. You can hear today's conversation on the Kids County Data Book in its entirety by going to On the Record at WIPR.org. There you'll also find a link to the full Annie E. Casey report along with other youth mental health alliances. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WYPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Many thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, Shekinah Collier, Bethany Raja, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Kristen Mossbrugger. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. If you have a scoop or suggestion for this podcast, my social media hangout is Twitter at That's Pam Jones. So remember to be courageous and stay curious. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.